Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. I want to ask you to open your Bibles up to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going to continue on with the teaching of the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've read every week in Acts chapter 1, the last thing Jesus said was, do not depart Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. For when the Holy Spirit and I, and, I, and I know you've heard this, but listen to me. For when, everybody say when. when. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. Now, when I walked into church, how many years ago, Mom, did I get saved? 45? 45? I got saved when I was three. When I walked into church, I walked in a drug addict. I'd been a drug dealer, a drug addict, and I got saved, prayed. I I had hair down like here and earrings, and and the poor people in that church, which became my church, nobody prayed for me because I came to the altar, watched a movie, came to the altar, didn't know, and they all looked at me, they all walked around and said, a guy like him will never make it. Well, I'm not in heaven yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm doing all right. Amen. But I walked out of that and I prayed and I said, Jesus, if you're real, be real to me. And I began to weep. I I didn't even know what happened. I never heard of being born again. I didn't know anything about religion or denomination or anything. I didn't know anything. In fact, it'll be the, the 5th of July, right? Is when I got saved and didn't know anything about religion or anything. And I just, because nobody prayed with me. Nobody came down and laid the hands on me and led me in a prayer. They all, I scared them. You know, it's funny. Church people always, oh, God, save souls. And then people like me walk in, they go, not like that. (laughs) In fact, we've been known, Tiz and I have been known, we've pastored all over the world, and Tiz and I have been known, every city we go to, people like me come in the church, and so many times the church says, well, you know what? You need to go down to Pastor Larry's church, Pastor Tiz's church, because they're full of people like you. Well, let me, let me give w- one little side note here. We're all like that. There is none righteous. No, not one. But if we have a background, those who are forgiven much loveth much. I had, I, had no, I had no doubt I needed the grace of God. How many can say amen? You needed the grace of God. And so I, I got saved, and I walked out, and man, God, if you're real, be real to me, me and this other girl. Uh, friend of ours and we were saved but we went out and bought a bag of dope and a bottle of wine to celebrate our salvation (laughs) now i know somebody sitting here going now there's a church i can relate to (laughs) you know the bible says when you're young in the lord god winks at your sin i think god looked at me and went even i'm surprised 
But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I've never done drugs since then because it is, salvation is grace, but the power of the Holy Spirit is God's power in us. That's why Jesus started the church with, I command you, don't, don't leave without the Holy Spirit. You know, I read an article, I was telling the guys in the back as we were getting ready to pray to come out. And I said, I read an article two days ago or three days ago. And you know, I just turned my computer on and you know how news comes up on your, on your screen page. And it's this man who wrote this wonderful song. I've never heard it, but I read it on the internet. This Christian artist wrote this wonderful song. And he was singing it. I guess they did a video, and, and they, uh, they had his two daughters, like 12 and 14 or something. And the song said something like, to be modest is the hottest. And it goes on to say, you know, and they, he's making it light. He said, you're beautiful, whether you're wearing a turtleneck or whatever you're wearing. Men need to see you. Boys need to see you that way. Look at your mother, how beautiful she is. And then he went on making it funny. It was, just, it was encouraging his daughters to be modest. You know, we taught our daughters, if you ain't selling, don't advertise. Say amen. I don't care what Britney Spears or whoever's out there. I don't care what they're wearing. We go by what the word of God says. And so, you know, when we get through the summer, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a series on the book of Revelations, the end time Jesus and the seven churches of Revelation. And we need to understand, we need to understand where we are prophetically. When I got saved, and it says, in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, we thought, that'll never happen. We're America. That was 45 years ago. Things have changed a whole lot. And so here's a guy. Now, let's, let's say you're not a Christian. Let's say you're not a Christian. You don't believe the Bible. But here's a guy who writes and encourages his daughters to dress modestly. And this one, they, they showed all these people writing in. Let's say you're not a Christian. And, and this one lady, this one mother said, your teaching on morals and decency is the greatest attack to the world there is today. My daughters can dress any way they want. Mine can too, if they want to die. But here's the scariest part. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our churches. A worship leader, and I don't know what church it is, but an article said a worship leader in a church in Oklahoma rewrote the songs and said, if you want, and he said in there, if I see, if I see you dancing in front of one of the social media things in a tube top or a bikini or whatever it is, he said, you are grounded till the end of the world. And this worship leader rewrote the song. Worship leader rewrote the words and said to his daughters, you can dress any way you want to. You can wear anything you want to because we're free in Jesus. 
Woman, where are your accusers? None here, Lord. Go and sin no more. Now, I don't know what church that is. I got nothing against that church. But if you go to that church, stop. Because that guy is not leading you in worship. Because as Christians, we are to be different in the world. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to, talk, we're going to get into the weapons of our warfare, and, and we're going to get into the gifts of the Spirit. When Tiz and I were pastoring our first church in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Mom, how many, how many young people, how many young people got saved? 6,000? 6,000 young people got saved, gave their lives to the Lord in three years. 6,000. We had... I had judges calling me. We, we had boys' homes, girls' homes. We had people living with us. We had people sleeping on our couches. We had boys' homes. Girl, we, we kept ta- taking up these little apartments and putting boys' homes and girls' homes. We get so many ki- young people off the streets, born again, saved. And when they got changed, their parents started coming in. But we had 6,000 young people in three years. We were very street evangelistic. We went into, into, the, into the, uh, uh, the, the neighborhoods and the barrios and, and preached, the, preached the gospel. And one day, um, I had a judge call me. We, we had this happen all the time. I had a judge call me from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he said, is this Pastor Larry Huck? And I said, yes, it is. He said, uh, listen, we're hearing in the juvenile courts that you have something going on in your church that is changing thousands of young people's lives. He said, I have a young man that I don't really don't want to stick into, into jail. He said, would you take him? And I said, well, I'll come down and, and talk to him and meet him. So I went down there and the judge says, everybody's talking about your program. He said, what is your program? He said, is it a 12-step program? I said, no, it's a four-step program. He said, what is it? I said, get saved, get baptized, get full of the Holy Ghost, and serve God with all your heart and all your life. Amen? And so we had, we had courts. It, kids would go to court, and they would sentence kids to our church. Three years at New Beginnings. And we were taking them in. We had one guy that was the juvenile director uh, of the four state areas, what was it? Tis New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, and Nevada. I think it was. And he ran into th- these two sisters who had been in the gangs and everything on the streets, and and they were down on the streets. They're they're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old. They're down in the streets witnessing, and he sees them, and he he calls him over. He said, what are you doing? He said, oh, we're telling people about Jesus. And he knew them as just street kids. I mean, these girls were, these girls scared me. (laughs) And told him, and he went to the newspaper and they did a whole article on, on young people being saved. And I mean, we had, we had, we had people, the building was, we, we, our first church was a liquor store. It was a liquor store, Henry's Liquor and Meat Market. It was about as big as is about as big as three quarters of this stage. We had we had what twenty eight leaks in that building. I mean, it was a, kids were jammed in there, young people jammed in there. Then the moms and the dads were coming in, and 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 getting saved. 
And then we sold, we moved out of the, the liquor store and we bought a, a, a bar. It was, it was actually a striptease joint is what it was. Because it already had a stage. We just had to take the poles down. It's true. It's, it, isn't it? Isn't it? It's true. Tiz and I would work, Tiz would be, was, when we first moved there, nine months pregnant. She's out working the streets, witnessing the people. You know, this thing didn't happen. We had somebody one time say to us, it must be nice to be an overnight success. And I said, in the name of Jesus. (laughs) We, We worked this so these young people could receive what we received. And so we bought this place. And, and it was jammed. It was, it was, it was, it was crazy because pe- these young people were filled. We had one guy that was interpreting in Spanish, you know, and he'd been a gangbanger and just, I mean, he was just the, just the, the, you know, tattooed up and everything. And he's back in the booth interpreting. No, I said, he throws the rope and preach it, pastor bro. <laughs> the Holy ghost. And so one day, this lady in our church, a mother of one of the young people that got saved, she said, Pastor, can I see you and Tiz? And I said, yeah. And she goes, I don't know if I should tell you this or not. I said, what? She goes, the police have have put a couple undercover agents in the church. Now, we were seeing so many. I mean, we were jammed in. It was just packed out. And so we didn't know who was who. And I said, undercover agents? And she said, yeah. She said, they're here because they can't figure out how you're getting all these kids off the streets. And she said, can I tell you what they're saying down at the police? Because her husband's a policeman. She said, they're saying that when you, they come down and they're kneeling there praying, you put your hand on their forehead and push their head back, their mouth pops open, and you put a pill in their mouth. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? She said, she said they're saying you're giving them a pill. And I said, I am. She said, what? She goes, I'm giving them the gospel. And the Holy Spirit's kicking in. (laughs) Folks, this is the difference between being religious and being filled with the power of God. And we need the power of God in our lives, in our ministries, and in the world. We need the power of God. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap offering and say amen. Now, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We talked about Jesus commanding, don't leave until you get it. The latter rain is going to be greater than the former. If they needed the Holy Spirit in the first church, how much more do we need it in the last church? We talked about Jesus entering in, defeating the devil, received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down in a physical form. We talked about the 12 receiving the Holy Spirit, the 70 receiving the Holy Spirit, the 120 receiving the Holy Spirit. Then on the day of Pentecost, this is for you, tens of thousands. This is for you and your children and as many as afar off. 
We see where Paul is ministering, or the disciples are ministering in the book of Acts, and said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, when we get at the end of the summer, I'm going to do a leadership training, not a, not a Sunday morning training. I'm going to do a leadership training on understanding and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. But what we, what we need to understand is that Jesus is the same yesterday. And if we, if they can receive the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not just for the 12, it's not just for the 70, it's not just for the 120, it's not just for the day of Pentecost, but as many as the Lord God should call. It is, aside from salvation, a second experience. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Let's go one step further and look at Paul the Apostle, who is the Gentile, who is the Apostle to the Gentiles. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, read with me in verse 1. Paul says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about that down the line. But especially that you may prophesy. Now, let me stop right there. This is a great leadership chapter. I'm going to skip through it because we're going to teach on this uh, in the weeks to come in depth. But this is a great um, leadership chapter on the difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to take time to teach this today, but there is a difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit which is for you and your children and as many as are far off. And then there is the next level, which are the gifts of the Spirit. So we'll explain that in leadership. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, desire them, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, I'm going to explain this in a minute. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. I wish you all spoke with tongues. But even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now, there's a great teaching in that. I'm not going to take time to explain that. But jump with me now to verse 15. What is the result then? Paul says, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will pray with the Spirit, and, say and, and, 
I will pray in the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Look at verse 18. Paul says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Then jump down to verse 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly, desire earnestly, and I really believe this is, this is for us now. It, it, we've gone through a, a void of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit became nonsense. It became a carnival act. But God is ready to bring back the real thing. So look what Paul says through the inspiration of God. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues and let all things be done decently and in order. Now, let me, let me just show you something before I get into some, really, some detail here. Paul said, I, I pray and I sing in the understanding, and I pray and I sing in the Spirit. This is how I pray. Remember when they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray? Well, this is a very Jewish thing, that you would go to your rabbi and say, Rabbi, teach us how you pray. Because God has linked us with you, and we want to follow your example. Paul did the same thing. Paul said, this is how I pray. So let me just say, this is how I pray. When I get up in the let's say I get up in the morning, and Tiz was in the hospital, Lion was in the hospital, I know that I enter in to all of his blessings and promises with praise and thanksgiving. So I get up, and I don't start with saying, God heal Lion, God heal Tiz, God bless the church, God help our finances, God do this, do that. But I start off with saying, Now the Bible says that when I pray in tongues or I worship in tongues, this is not for you. This is for me. Do you understand? When we gather and we start the service and the worship team says, lift your hands up, begin to worship and praise him. And we're doing this whether we're individual or we're in a group. We are doing this because the Bible says that we are speaking unto God. Now, I'll get in this in leadership and I'll get in this in the gifts of the spirit. There are other times that in, in, let's say, in your home groups, your life groups, or in certain situations, even in church, an individual will go, That is a sign to the church. That is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is the gift of tongues. And that is a sign that God is about to give a prophecy. Now, I'll get into more of that, and I'll show you how it first happened to me. But look at what the Word of God says. Look at this. Read with me in verse 4. Look at verse 2. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. 
No one understands it. You don't understand me when I go, You don't understand me, but God does. Matter of fact, I don't understand in here, but my spirit does. Are you following me? Look at what it says. Look at verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, if God begins to move in the end church like he did in the beginning church, there would be times in the life groups or in the service that myself or Luke or Tiz or Pastor Wanderson or whoever or leaders that have proven themselves would have a word from God. Yea, for I'd say unto thee, thus saith the Lord, and I'm going to teach you, don't receive everything when somebody says yea unto thee. Don't, that doesn't mean it's definitely from God. Amen? A, and, and I'll get into all this. A prophecy is not a surprise. Yea, I would say unto thee, thou needs to go to Papua New Guinea and, and, and live in a hut. What? Just because someone say yeath and theeth doesn't mean it's a prophecy. And, and, I'll, and I'll get into that. I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. But in the church, if somebody prophesies and gives a word of God, it is to edify the church. It is to say to the church, this is what God is getting ready to do. This is what I desire to do. But the Bible says that when we speak in tongues, we're not speaking for others. We are speaking, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Now listen to what the word edify means. It means an act of building up. It promotes growth. It, re, it gives understanding and wisdom, happiness, holiness, and enlightenment. Enlightenment, wisdom of God. Now think about this. Jesus said, I've got to go, but I will send another. They said, no, Lord, don't go. He said, no, I've got to go, but I will send the one who is identical to me. I am with you, but he will be in you. And when he is in you, he will lead you, guide you, teach you, show you things to come. That's enlightenment. So here, Paul, many years later, says, when you speak in tongues, you're speaking unto God, not unto man. And when you speak to God in the spirit, he gives you divine enlightenment and divine wisdom are you hearing what i'm saying so when i get up in the morning and and let me just say this i'm i'm praying for tiz's healing i'm praying for lion's healing i'm thanking god i'm entering into it thank god for it but then i'll also pray for the doctors and the nurses God, give them divine wisdom. I'm standing in the gap for them, and I'm believing that those doctors and those technicians and those nurses that are wonderful, wonderful people, they will receive divine inspiration through the Holy Spirit because I'm interceding for them. Are you all okay? When you speak in tongues, 
You are edifying yourself. Father, I need uh, uh, my business, my marriage, my investments, my home. You are edifying yourself. You are building yourself up. You are connecting not with man, but with God who reveals to us the mysteries of the kingdom. Oh, I need a better amen than this. Look at verse 2. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. The hidden wisdom of God is revealed to us as we speak to him in the Spirit. Go with me to John chapter 16. When we speak in tongues, you know, we, we, there, there's been so many things going on about removing the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be an embarrassment. And I understand. Somebody walks in the church for the first time and they see us lifting our hands and going, I understand it's weird. I've, I was there. When, I, when they finally got me back to church, when they finally got me back to church, I got saved, but I wasn't going back. When they finally got me back to church, they were lifting their hands and they were speaking in tongues. And th- this man by the name of John Metzler, incredible gifts of the spirit, was calling these ladies out and said, you just went to the doctor. The doctor said this. And they said, yeah. And he laid hands on them. And, and I'm going, these people are insane, but I want it. My head was saying, it's not for me, but my heart is saying, this is real. And that's why it's got to be real. Look at what John, John says. John 16, verse 7. Jesus is speaking. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I don't care what denominations say, what anybody else says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away for I do not uh, for if I do not go away the helper that's the Holy Spirit will not come to you but if I depart I will send him not it well I don't want it do you want him the Spirit of God when we when we get start in the next few times I preach I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about, and I was going to do it today, but there's too much to teach. I was going to talk about, I'm going to, I am going to talk about the breath of God. This is God's breath breathing in you. God breathing himself into you. Who would not want that? Okay, look what it says. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Because they do not believe in me. You know, any worship pastor that get, writes a song that says, I don't care what my daughter, who would do that? Even if I wasn't a Christian, I don't want my daughter dancing on social media. Who would do that? The anti God spirit. Are, are you with me on this? 
Let's say I'm not a Christian. Let's say I'm not, I'm not a believer in Jesus. I don't believe, but I don't want my daughter at 12 or 13 years old or any age getting on social media and dancing. That's a demonic spirit. Can I have a big loud amen on that? I feel the need to run with that, but I'm not. And when he has come, when he has come, we need the Holy Spirit back in the church. He will convict the world of their sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, to teach you. But you cannot bear them now. You can't understand them yet. Why? Because it's only when the Holy Spirit comes, the spirit of all truth comes in us that we can begin to understand the things of God. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own. Authority, he would not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from the Father, he will speak. Now, I want you to hold on to that because I'm going to take you somewhere in a, in a minute. Whatever he hears of the Father. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, He will lead you, He will guide you, He will teach you, He'll, he'll speak to you. There's a saying that says, If you talk to God, you're religious. But if God talks to you, you're crazy. And yet, Jesus said, through the Holy Spirit, God will speak to you. Doesn't matter what area of your life, what your need is, what direction is. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. I can remember when we were pastoring in, uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon. We first started the church, and uh, this one young man came up to me, and he said, Pastor, i got to ask you something. He said, it threw me. He said, I've been born and raised in church. And he said, you got up this morning and said, man, do I have the mind of God this morning? God spoke to me. He said, God can't speak to us. And I read him these scriptures. He said, why is it I've been raised in church and never realized God would speak to us? However, when he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but now listen to this, because this is, this is so good. But whatever he hears from the Father, he'll tell you. He'll speak to you. And he will tell you things to come. Right? Go with me to Matthew 9. Matthew chapter 9. I usually just write down or paraphrase, but I, I think it's too important that we see exactly what the Word of God says. The Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you, show you things to come. He'll, he'll, he'll lead you. 
instead of getting lost, instead of buying the wrong stock, getting the wrong job, marrying the wrong person, he will lead you? Amen? He will guide you. He will teach you. When you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. You connect with the wisdom of God. But speaking in tongues also gives you faith. Look with me in Matthew 9, verse 27. Now, we, we, all, we all know this scripture, so I don't need to take time to, to read it. But this is the scripture in which Jairus, little girl, has died. He comes to Jesus, and he says, Lord, come with me. Now, now listen to me. When, when I get up, when I got up in the morning, or, and Lion was in the hospital, Tiz was in the hospital, I get up in the morning, and I need to cast down imaginations that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is say, uh, is say my modeani. God, I give you praise. Before my hit, feet hit the ground, I give you praise. Why? Because I'm entering into his destiny with praise and thanksgiving. The next thing I knew, need to do to cast down that imagination is I begin to sing, worship, pray in tongues. Before I ever say anything. That's why, you remember we talked last week, and I'm going to teach this more in, in leadership. Before you say something, first speak in tongues. Because when you, it says first they spoke in this, they prayed in the spirit and then they prophesied. Every time you speak, you are prophesying. The problem is, in t- unless we're filled with the Holy Spirit, a lot of times we're prophesying negative things. There is life and death in the so before you say something, you see with your eyes, you need to see with your spirit. And fill yourself up, edify yourself, build yourself up. Are you with me? Then speak. Because now you're not speaking by what the devil's showing you. You're speaking by what God is showing you. Are you okay on this? So here we have Jairus. He comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, would you come to, with me? My daughter is near unto death. Jesus is walking with her, with him. And all of a sudden he stops and he says, who touched me? And we know it's the widow, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years that couldn't get well. While, while Jesus is ministering unto him, he says, woman, your faith has made you whole. And I was telling the guys in the back, I'm going, to do, I'm going to do a teaching on this. Faith is not what we believe. Faith is what we do. I'll show you my faith by my works. Do you believe Jesus died for your sin? Doesn't mean anything until you receive him. Do you believe that if you sow a seed, you'll reap a harvest? Doesn't do anything until you sow a seed. Doesn't do anything right? So the woman, her actions, well, that's a whole nother thing. Her actions released her faith. J. Iris is standing there and they come up to him and said, don't bother the rabbi anymore. Your daughter is already dead. 
your daughter's already gone. Don't, 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 don't bother her anymore. But Jairus just saw a miracle. Everybody, I've been there. When, when you go to Israel with us, we'll stand right where that happened, right where that happened. In fact, God spoke to me today, Nancy, that when we go there, we're going to announce we're going to do a miracle service on that very spot. So Jairus saw this. So he goes, Jesus walks in, and Jesus said, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And the church laughed at him. So you know what he did? Text, he threw him out. Because I'm telling you, when you need a believer, you need those that are not worldly filled, you need those that are spirit filled. Am I right? He threw him out. And he said, little girl, rise up and walk. And she walked. And everybody heard it. Now look, here's where we are. So this happens right after this. Verse 27. Verse 26, and the report of this went out into all the land. And when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Now, that is a question that whenever you and I pray or we seek God and we need him to do what the blood of Jesus has already paid for, we know it's done. These two blind men knew the power of Jesus because he just raised this little girl from the dead. Now, I don't know about you, but... If we're at a funeral and someone is raised from the dead, I'm tithing. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Because if he can raise from the dead, he can deliver a drug addict. He can reach those that are lost. He can bring gold coins out of a fish's mouth. Amen. So they saw this. They knew it. And yet Jesus said to them, they're praying, oh, Lord. And he says, do you believe that I am able to do this? To open your blind eyes? Now, I would say opening blind eyes is a great miracle, but it's not as great as raising the dead. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty final. And they said to him, yes, Lord, we believe. Look what he says then. He then touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. Now, for no other reason but what I'm about to tell you is reason enough for us to every moment we can to speak to him in the spirit. According to to your faith, be it up to you. According to your faith. In the book of Jude, we won't turn there. In the book of Jude, verse 20, it says these words. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most 
holy faith. Excuse, you know what? Turn with me. I, I need to read it exactly because I'm misquoting it. Verse 20, Jude. Jude is right before Revelations. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, every one of you, every one of us has been given a measure of faith. Every one of us. You know, Brandon, my son-in-law, leads worship. His dad was one of the greatest evangelists in the history of America. I mean, this guy was the soul-winningest guy. He was our hero. And I remember when I was a young convert, a young disciple being trained in the church and thinking someday I'll go in the ministry, Larry was preaching. And I went at, remember going up to him and I said, Larry, you know, he was our hero. And I said, Larry, would you pray that I have more faith? He said, no. And, you know, I wasn't quite yet saved and I thought bad things. He goes, you've got all the faith you need. You just have to build yourself up. Now think about this, and I know I'm saying this slow because I want to teach it rather than preach it. According to your faith, can Jesus open blind eyes? Can Jesus raise the dead? Can Jesus save, save a drug addict like me, a drug dealer like me? Can Jesus heal cancer? Can Jesus? Yes, it's already been done. When he hung on the cross, he said, it's finished. He said, I've given you all a measure of faith. But you have to build yourself up. How do we build ourselves up? Praying in the Spirit. Build yourself up. Look again. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. The most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit, your faith is going. You know, I, I, I was watching Aviva out at this uh, at our house the other day. She blowing up a raft of swimming, and it was flat. And she's she plugs this thing in, and it goes, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. Folks, we're out there, we're leaky vessels, we're dealing with things all the time. But the Bible says when we speak in tongues, we build ourselves up in the most holy faith. Amen? Amen. Can I have five more minutes? Let me show you this. Let me show you this. Turn with me to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Kings, Moses. 1 Kings 19, look at verse 9. Now, this is, we, this is Elijah, and Elijah is facing the greatest battles ever faced, Jezebel. And so Elijah is facing this demonic spirit in this woman. And so he begins to pray, and he begins to seek. And we know he goes into the cave, he begins to fast. So here we have the story in verse 9. And there he went into the cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you things to come. 
the word of the Lord came to him, and he, God, said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And so he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord your God of Israel, the host of the children of Israel, have forsaken your covenants and tore down your altars and killed your prophets and with the sword, and I am alone left, and they seek my life. God didn't need a story. Lord, I've been serving you all my life, and all of a sudden they fire me from my job, and they tell me I'm never going to get another. No, he said, what are you doing here? You ever see somebody, you say, how you doing? They go, okay, under the circumstances. Can I speak the words of Elijah? What are you doing there? You're not to be under the circumstances. You're to be on the word of God. But that's what we do, don't we? Instead of, instead of trusting the Lord, the word of the Lord speaks to him. You say, what are you doing? And he begins to rehearse how bad it is. Right? Now look at this. Then verse 11. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks to pieces before the Lord. Now that's a wind. Broke the wind, broke the mountain to pieces. But the Lord was not in the wind. See, we're going, God, give me a sign. He's given you a sign. It's the resurrection of Jesus. Give me a sign that I'm going to win. It's the resurrection of Jesus. Look at this. And after the wind, an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. A still small voice. The Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you. You know, I've been in this a long time. Let's say somebody, God speaks to somebody and they sow a seed. I'm just going to use that because everybody can relate to that. Sow a seed. And we're expecting Monday. We sow a seed on Sunday. (laughs) We're expecting Monday Ed McMahon to show up. (laughs) Now, if you're younger than us and you don't know who Ed McMahon is. But we expect him. Hey, get out of here. I'm not done yet. No, I'm not done. (laughs) But we expect it. You know, but it's not the fire, it's not the earthquake, it's not the thing, it's that still small voice. You know, we're filming television for the month of uh, August and September on Wednesday, and we're doing it on the month of Elul. The month of Elul is the blowing of the shofar, and that shofar in Hebrew is the still small voice. That when you're praying and you're speaking in the Spirit, the Lord will come and speak to you. It'd be wonderful if we're, 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 you know, we're believing God for our country. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking in in his, in his tallit and his nail-printed arm and says, It will be fine! And, and I'm, I'm for that. If Jesus showed up, I am taking an offering. <laughs> 
but he comes and speaks to you, it will be fine in that still small voice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's when you're, and you're building yourself up, and you're going, and God's beginning to speak mysteries to you in that still small voice, and he begins to lead you, and he begins to guide you, begins to teach you. I remember in, in, in when I was in Portland, and we were, we were $12 million into a new building, debt-free, and, man, we had just people packed out in the place, and it was just running, and we were doing pastor's conference, 500 pastors and everything, and, and I was praying one day, and God speaks to me and says, time to go to Texas. And I said, Shutolimo, Rabba, Sambo, today, Mireo. And that's it. he didn't go Texas. Said, Time to go to Texas. Didn't know why. Didn't know. So it, it, it wouldn't leave me. It wouldn't. I couldn't shake it. So I finally went to Tiz and I said, and "We're building. We just bought eighty acres of land where, where, where I, I could ride. I could get on my horse and ride. It was over in Washington side, right across from the church. I could get on my horse and ride nonstop on a trail to Canada." I had elk and deer all over. We had three streams running through. We're, Tiz is designing this beautiful house. We, we're, the television ministry is going. Things are going. And I came home one time, and I told Tiz, I said, I think we need to move to Texas. She goes, well, let me know how it is. <laughs> and you know what? I had to question my sanity. Why would I walk away from it? Didn't, didn't know that we'd end up connecting with Daystar the way we do and the Jewish roots and standing with Israel. Oh, by the fact, keep me uh, in prayer. I just got a letter asking if I would consider the appointment by the Texas government to a, co- a, a um, committee, not a committee, but a, uh, a, the Texas government board on being aware of the Holocaust. And if I would be willing to accept that appointment, and so we're writing a letter Tuesday, we have to send it and stuff. But that all came from moving here. Let me give you one more scripture, okay? I'm, I'm one minute over, but that's good for me. Luke chapter 11. One more. Forgive me. Forgive me. I really am trying to obey myself. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. This is an extremely important scripture. That's why I want to take time. I was going to stop, but we need to take time. And I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? In the last days, the Lord said, I'm going to pour out my Spirit. It's going to happen. But the question is, will it happen to you? 
And God said, ask and you'll receive. I want you to stand all over the building, would you? And I know that you're watching around the world. And listen, our stream audience, we love you guys beyond words. And as we pray here, I want you to receive the power of God wherever you are. Now, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, you've heard me tell the story. The evangelist called me out. I was the first time back in church. I didn't know what it was, didn't want it. They thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Thought it was just stupid. People going, but when he said, close your eyes, lift your hands, my, my head, my pride, does this make sense to you? My ego said, these people are idiots. But my heart said, it's real. It's real. And so while everybody's going, I went like this. And I said in my heart, God, if this is real, I need you to let me know right now. I need you to let me know right now. And while I was doing that, I was just doing this. Now, you got a picture. I had hair down to here. I had earrings. Before earrings were really in, I had earrings hanging down and, you know, just a drug addict. I was a drug addict. And I said, God, if this is real, let me know right now. And I'm listening. all of a sudden, I feel this guy touch my hand. And I look up and, you know, he's everything that I hated. I was a hippie. He was all, he was evangelist, you know, slick back and, and polished shoes and, and you, know, uh, you know, just everything I wasn't. And he said, come here, son. I want to pray for you. And you know the story. I won't tell the whole thing. He pulls me up and he said, you were just praying. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. Well, my lips were probably moving. And he said, you just said to God, you want everything he has to offer. You know what I said? And, and he became my mentor in the, in the things of the Spirit. You know, he said, I said to him, I said, if it comes from God, not you. And he just smiled. And the pastor was standing behind me. I didn't know what, the, I said, there's no way I'm falling down like these people do. And we don't need to fall down. I believe, I believe, you know, if God knocks you down, you don't need a catcher. Right? Anyway, he, lay, he said, receive it. And I, went, I flew back four or five aisles in the, in, in the air. And land on my back, speaking in tongues. Couldn't stop. Didn't want it. Didn't want it. Couldn't stop. They're all, they're all, all these, all, all these. Uh, we, had, we had these wonderful black ladies in our church. They wore hats like this. They were about that. And I can remember it was like I went dark. They all leaned over me. That is uh, blocked out, blocked out, blocked out all the light. And, and, and they became our mothers, didn't they, Tiz? They became our mothers. They're all and speaking in tongues. And and they're laying hands with. They went on with the service. I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up. I wanted to. When I finally got up, I crawled back to my, my seat. And I go, what? I, the, the, the girl next to me goes, what was that? I go, I'll tell you the story. Some, I'll tell you the, the whole story sometime. But I think just like on the day of Pentecost, I had to have it. Because I wasn't coming back. I, I went, this is not for me. Church is not for me. I'm, I'll, I'll worship God in the woods, in the mountains. And God knew I needed it. But for the most part, and God will do that. There's no limit to what God will do. But the, for the most part, you have to ask. 
say, well, pastor, what if I ask and I get something different? You can't. God won't allow that. He said, if you ask for bread, you're not going to get a stone. If you ask for, for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. So I want us to ask or re-ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the evidence of the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. Why would you not want it? It builds your faith. It reveals mysteries. And I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to him. And he will speak to me and he'll speak to you in that still small voice. Can I give you one example and then we'll pray. When, when Lion got sick with incurable cancer, which he's one million percent healthy now. Amen. Amen. And then Tiz got sick. The first thing I would do is bind that spirit of cancer. I bind the spirit of illness. I bind the spirit. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And we're going to do more teaching because it's not, it's not enough just to go through it. it. This needs to be your lifestyle. This needs to be in you. And so we're going to do more leadership teaching in this. And the doctor said to Tiz, well, you have a BRCA gene, which means your family died of cancer, and now you have cancer, and there's a good chance it will pass to your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, your granddaughters. That's devastating news. But then I was, as I was praying, God spoke to me and said, a lot of Tiz's family, some, a few of Tiz's family did die of cancer. But several others died in bizarre ways. And God spoke to me and he said, it's not a spirit of cancer. It's a spirit of early death. And so we began to bind, huh, Tiz? Huh, kids? We began to bind on, against Tiz, against a lion, the spirit of death. And we went back to the doctor's office, and he said, I can't explain it, but there is no BRCA gene. And so I really believe, amen, there is no BRCA gene. Doesn't pass on to the children, to the grandchildren. Tiz's treatment now had, was going to work or had a chance to work. She's 100%, just had her blood work Thursday, 100% clean. Right? So speaking in tongues builds you up. Man, I mean, you go boom, devil, boom, boom, boom. We battle not with flesh and blood. But we do battle. But we win with spiritual warfare. 
So why would you not want to build yourself? I'm praying for, for, for techs in there and the family business. I'm praying for Dan and Emma. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the letters we get in. Because in the natural, it looks so tough. But in the supernatural, we are not talking to each other. We are talking to Almighty God. And we are building ourselves up in the most holy faith. You have decisions to make. You have decisions to make. And you don't know what to do. God's not the author of confusion. He will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you things to come. There is, and I could come and tell you, I, I'm not going to do it. There's a lady in the, in the building right now. You're trying to make a decision. Uh, it's a tough decision to make. And the Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you. I, I, can, I can put my hands on you right now. And the Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you and show you things to come because your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. And so, you know, I... I you know, I'm seven years old, but I still like to work out. I still, I still like to work out. And, and uh, with the thing with battling with tiz and lying, you know, physical exercise kind of went on the, on, the, on the side a little bit. And so, you know, I went back after that and, and said, I'm going to start working out. We got work to do. And I realized that I'd lost some strength. Not just because you're getting older, I lost strength because I stopped building myself up. It's the same thing spiritually. Let's build ourselves up. How many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Speaking in tongues? How many need a, you need a refilling? Let's get let's get a refilling. That's that's what that's what this part of the service is all about. It's ready, it's building you up so that you can hear a prophetic word. How many of you, anybody here that you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you'd like to be? Lift your hand up. Amen. There's a lady. All right, where's my evangelists and my ladies? Go right there, that lady right there with her hand. Anybody else need the Holy Spirit? You're there. Let, somebody go over there. Somebody go over there. Somebody go over there. Lift your hand up. There's back in there. Somebody go, uh, um, Lydia, go to one of those ladies back there. Ladies, go with them. Go with them. Go with them. Anybody else need the Holy Spirit right there? Okay, somebody get around them. Wherever, look around. Look around. Listen, you don't want to be the Dead Sea, do you? You got to give out to get more in. Go lay hands on them. Go on. Go right there. That lady right there. Right there. Nancy, go right. That lady right there in the blue sweater. Ma'am, you in the blue there. There's going to become such a difference in your home. There is going to become a peace in your home. There are times that you've cried to God and said, Lord, I know there's more. I know there's something else that needs to happen. There's going to come a peace in your home. Anybody else? Now look at me. The Bible says they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So God is not going to take your tongue and go, blah, 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 blah. but he will give you inspiration. And as he gives you that, there is nobody. And we're going to, we're going to do 
class of schools on this. There's nobody in the world, ladies. There's nobody. I've traveled the world, been some of the greatest preachers and ministers in the world. Tis is the very best, the most anointed of anyone I've ever seen of getting people filled with the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to do some sessions where if you need the Holy Ghost after church service and stuff, we're going to bring you down. But for right now, lift your hands up. Oh, speak in tongues with me. Now those of you that are needing a refilling, speak out right now. Come on, worship team. said they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you did not speak in tongues, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's a little bit intimidating being in a group. So when you go home, go into your prayer closet, go go in by yourself and just get down and say, Lord, you said, if I asked, I'll receive. And then just start speaking in tongues. God may only give you one word. I remember John Metzer, the one who laid hands on me and became my mentor. He said, the first time God God gave me, he said, you know what he gave me? Pookie poo. (laughs) And he goes, because I needed to be humbled. But once you open that gate, out of your mouth will flow rivers of living water. So just do it. It may start off with one or two words. The more you do it, the rivers begin to refresh. The rivers begin to flow. Every service when we come, when we come in and the worship team is leading and and we're training them right now because we've gone away from this. 
but help us. When you come in, lift up holy hands without wrath or without doubt. Praise him, sing to him in the understanding and sing to him in the spirit. And as you do, you and I will walk into that end time faith, the latter rain, and God will confirm his word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Do you receive it? Give the Lord a clap offering.